and welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. We do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is part of Calvary's Daily Connection, so we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today on the podcast, uh, we're following up on uh, Ephesians and Synergy and bouncing balls and all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of things. That's right. That's right. That went uh, relatively really well, actually. Um, oh, that last service, Michael just reached his hand up and caught that thing. With yeah, so for those of you who uh, weren't in worship, this was a children's time um, that had a, a stack of four balls, a synergy balls, and uh, the top one uh, was released when you dropped them all, and the, the energy went from the bottom to the top. And I didn't know where those were going to go, so I, I, we had decided in in our worship meeting that I wasn't going to let them go. But boy, first service people, yeah, let it do it, do it, do it. And of course, I succumbed to that peer pressure. So, but at third service. Uh, Michael Pitzer was in the front row because he had brought his little girl up, and he just reached up his hand and grabbed that teeny little ball. It was awesome. It was awesome. So, on to more important things. Um, I didn't get much into at all um, into exegesis of um, um, of Ephesians three fourteen through twenty one, but I want to give a little bit of background. Um, and this is, you know, every. If if you were ever in school and had to um, outline chapters, I remember having to do that in sixth grade with every chapter of some book we were in. I don't know what it was. Um, everyone does it a little bit differently. One author um, that I read does it this way, that um, Ephesians 1 dealt with the role of God the Father, Ephesians 2 dealt with the role of of the Son, Jesus, and chapter 3, which we were in, uh, dealt with the role of the Holy Spirit. So that was just kind of an, an interesting thing, knowing that the first three um, chapters in Ephesians deals with theology, and the last three deal with um, more practical matters. So um, maybe that's why I almost said all of us, but many of us love Ephesians, because it's it's just a great book. It's just chocked full. Um, you can you can tell in Paul's writings um, his love for this group of people. Absolutely, he spent more time in Ephesus than he did. I mean, in Ephesus, and then mm-hmm. secondly, Corinthians. But in Ephesus, because I think he he saw that they got it, mm-hmm. and he spent more the second most time in Corinthians because they struggled to get it and not bring the worship of foreign gods into it. Well, the city of Corinth was yeah. pretty corrupt, and but so the, the Ephesus was also a place that um, was easy to get to and easy to go from. So that mm-hmm. was an easy, um, uh, what do I want to say, the center point for him to, mm-hmm. to go back and forth from. So um, he had initially uh, thought that that would be his... Um, Kind of his home base, kind of thing, um, but um, so that that made sense. Um, kind of like Bloomington Normal, you can get anywhere from Bloomington Normal, uh, but maybe not like Ephesus. For, yeah, we didn't have quite as much water. So anyway, um, and then you know, as you look at the very first verse that was yesterday's scripture, for this reason, and you think, for what reason? You know, because it's obviously talking about something before that for this reason. And he's actually going back to verse or 
yeah, verse 1 of chapter 3, in which he says, for this reason, I, Paul, take this. And so you have to go back. So it's kind of funny. It kind of looks like Debbie Raisi. Um, so, so from Ephesians 3, 4, 3, 14, for this reason, um, I kneel before the Father. And that is going back to um, Ephesians 3, 1. And that is going back to, I hope you're following me here, um, being one in Christ. Um, if you look at uh, chapter 2, and he's, he's talking about the Gentiles being, uh, being part of the, um, the community as well, and that um, it wasn't just the Jews, that the Gentiles were brought in too. So um, I, I always like those little things where um, other people write like I do and say, and by the way... Um, that chapter 2 is really a key piece, the last is. several verses to understanding where he's going, because it says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, right. all right, uh, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, mm-hmm. um, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. It uses other words, in him the building is joined together, again, making reference to the church as being the building as well as our own hearts and souls. But the church at this point, joined together, uh, rises to become the holy temple. In him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Um, and then he moves on here in uh, 310. He says, his intent was now that through the church, right, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers, authorities, and then it goes on. And so, so that was really radical um, because Gentiles uh, were not Jews. I mean, this was, this was pretty radical, um, and it, it – I, I don't want to go into this subject, but it does make today's issues. Uh, it, it kind of looks like today's issues, and that that the issues that we're facing as a church um, across the nation um, in terms of, of inclusion of some groups. Um, and you look back at the Ephesians and what uh, what Paul said about them. I mean, I mean the Ephesians. You look back at what Paul said about the Gentiles, and you know um, that's a big deal. Because um, the Jews were were God's chosen people, and why would they let anybody else in? So yeah, that that's a pretty big deal. Um, and then that that point that you you shared, Randy. Uh, what what verse is that? Ten, I think. Yeah. Um, um, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So. Um, this was a, was another thing that I, I got to in a different way yesterday, and that was um, the in, the intention of the church is the very very body of Christ, and we are um, developed and created and uh, built on that rock, and we get so sidetracked into other things, um, and are we being the body of Christ? And I don't mean Calvary; I mean all of us. Are we, are we doing what God has intended to do by being the body of Christ? Um, and you know, there you hear. Well, I don't know if, if uh, uh, laity hear this, but clergy hear. You know, well, we're just doing institutional maintenance. We're just um, um, holding on to the institution of the church and not being the church. Sometimes that's true. 
um, in in some churches, um, all they care about is is making sure that they pay the power bill every month, and that's what uh, the all of the energy is um, is going toward. But uh, you know, I think Jesus would tell us in those cases, forget then about the building, just be the church. And I wonder what that means for us at Calvary. What does it mean to be the church? Um, one author said this, and I thought this was great. The call of the church is no haphazard remedy um, or afterthought, but part of the eternal scheme. Um, and and I thought, I like that. It wasn't haphazard. It wasn't something that the first century did. And, and you know, that's out of vogue now. We don't need to be the church. Um, but something that is still critically important um, and is pretty cool. Um, later on, um, and I've, I'm trying to look for that, Paul talks about um, is named. Um, and when he talks about being named, um, that, you know, that's, that's a big deal, too. Because remember in Genesis, um, when um, uh, Adam is given the uh, privilege of naming um, all of the animals and all of that, um, naming means uh, a kind of ownership um, and a, a close relationship. And so to be named as um, sons and daughters of God means that God has accepted us, has brought us in fully. Um, uh, that means that we are one with God. Um, I've said before, you know, I, I my name is now Razy, um, and that's because um, uh, not because the entire Razy clan has brought me in, because most of them don't know who I am, um, but because of my relationship with Randy and my uh, desire to be, to have that name. Um, but that's that's more of a uh, of my choice, um, um, and I think God bringing us together. But but for God to bear God's name means something very, very important. And I think today, sometimes, well, and research shows that today to be a Christian, um, people are very quick to say they're a Christian. Um, and a lot of churches are not using that word anymore. They're using Christ bearer or Christ, fo- not Christ bearer, Christ follower. Um, I've heard a lot of churches talking about that. Um, as Christ followers, we yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and I to me, that's going to have the same problem. But do we look at um, about what that means? Um, in verse 16, um, the scripture says, hold on here while I get it. Um, let's see. My bifocals. Okay. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Um, And the Greek in terms of of in implies infused into, so cannot be separated by. Or it cannot be separated when you infuse water with lemon or whatever that you do there. Um, it's a part of it. You can't separate it. And we are infused by love. Um, and so that's what um, we all need to be about. Now, yesterday, I was talking um, a, a little bit about um, um, 
individuality and um, and how we as uh, Westerners really value that um, individualism. Um, and I'd be interested to see how how you guys, um, Randy and and Isaac, feel about um, what. Um, individualism and how individualism has affected the church um, in positive and negative ways, you know? Um, um, Because it used to be that everything happened in the church, and, you know, of course you were going to go to church and and be a part of that. I mean, this is uh, way long ago. Um, But now um, we are, in in our culture, we're becoming more individualistic. And... um, uh, what does that mean for the church, or, or how is that affecting the church? Um, I think that the conversation about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, um, I, I, I embrace that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I also think what that has also done has uh, brought us to a place that our faith is becoming personal and less corporate or less communal. And um, the problem with that, at least in my opinion, is that uh, what we've created then is a scenario whereby um, we don't need that community. We don't need, and that as it becomes more personal, then it becomes, my faith becomes even more tailored to me and to what I think, and less communal in terms of the whole body of Christ. so I I think that's a, a negative side of it as as I look at it sometimes is that we've just become a lot less uh, uh, communal. Yeah, I think it's I mean I think it's the result of you know five hundred years of um, uh, that pivot point in the Reformation um, mm-hmm. with the Protestant Church. Uh, really being founded on this idea that your um, <clears throat> your appropriation of faith is first and foremost an individual activity as mm-hmm. opposed to a communal activity. So it's no longer the faith of the church or even the faith of Jesus, like um, is talked about in in the book of Hebrews, but it's your own uh, the, the stuff inside your own chest or inside your own head. Uh, and so I, I think um, where we're at right now is the logical conclusion of, of what that started. Now, did it need to happen? Was there a corrective that needed to take place? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you get very zealous about a correction, um, yeah. you ultimately need to be corrected later on. Mm-hmm. And so that's, what, that's what's happened, I think, with um, kind of the journey that um, – most of the Protestant world has been on, quite mm-hmm. honestly, right. is that uh, we've we've really sharpened the tip of that spear as much as possible, and now there's no room left to stand on it. It's very sharp. It cuts mm-hmm. very well, but mm-hmm. it's no place to live. Mm-hmm. And um, what to do about that is anybody's guess, really. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, is anybody mm-hmm. doing anything that that, in, that either of you know about it that is is beginning to turn well, that well tide? i think that i would push back just a little bit on the mass individualization of modern culture i mm-hmm. think uh certainly the I'm, i mean the internet and the the forms of digital communication that we have are uh can uh certainly 
again, sharpen the tip of the spear in that direction, but I think it also uh, breaks down um, geographical or um, uh, kinds of already formed communal barriers to um, letting people be in community with each other. Mm -hmm. So it is a legitimate Mm -hmm. form of communication, much like, you know, Paul's letters were Mm -hmm. in that sense Mm -hmm. um, to these churches. You know, it was, yes, Paul in person, with the exception of the Roman church, you never met them in person at all. But, you know, here the the biggest theological treatise in the New Testament is an email. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> right. Or Facebook post. Right. That they didn't get to comment on. That yeah. we all continue to comment That's on. That's right. <laughs> but um, it's a, so there's a, there's a sense where this is not something that's new. It's something that mm-hmm. we uh, are, are rediscovering again, but the tempo of it is turned up quite a bit. And so we're unfamiliar with, you know, playing the song that fast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, to say it that way, that. We're used to having that be a little bit slower mm-hmm. um, in its kind of matriculation into our lives. And now that frequency is turned up a little bit, and that's that's unfamiliar, I think, to a lot of us. And so we, we don't quite know what to do. And, you know, sometimes we just want to turn that down, and sometimes, you know, other other people want to crank that up to 11. And yeah. um, that might not be the right question to ask mm-hmm. about about those things, but mm-hmm. certainly there's uh, you know potential on either side, just like any any other piece of technology that's hit the human race mm-hmm. since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I am a person that loves technology and, and loves to uh, to play with that. I I'm on Facebook a lot. I like I I have a son who um, works in the computer field, and when we lived when he lived with me. Um, then I learned a lot of stuff on what was cutting edge, and I'd have fun with that. No, he doesn't, and so I'm not quite that cutting edge. But, um, uh, but the way that it affects the church um, is is interesting, and um, I I would like to uh, to figure out a way that the church. Um, can take full advantage of that, and we've been talking a lot about that at at Calvary, actually, and trying to do that. But um, at what point um, do we, as as Christians, still see ourselves as an intricate part of the body of Christ called the Church, and um, know that um, it's not obviously like the song says it's not a building um but the actual the group the people um and are bringing our gifts um to that group in order to um to be the church in the world you know um it's interesting i and of course i when i teach then i become even more reflective sometimes that a than the busyness of the schedule allows other times. But when we take our vows of prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, at some point we're redefining what presence is and mm-hmm. what it looks like. And that's that's just an interesting mm-hmm. it's an interesting rabbit trail to go down what that means uh, in terms of presence today. Uh, I've been an advocate for uh, a seminary extension ministry uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
was at Asbury 20 years ago representing the board trying to understand that you could take two years of your seminary training online mm-hmm. and one year present on campus. Um, and I pushed that hard because I thought that was an effective way to do mm-hmm. that. And some of the research showed that some of the folks who were actually online required to be engaged in um, in um, uh, conversation with each other, spent more time together and better quality time together than maybe when I was there when we were all on campus working right. three jobs just to try to get through seminary and serving and preaching on the weekends and how little time we spent together outside other, of the right. classroom. So yeah. I think there's certainly um, – I, I just think it it causes us to pause, especially in leadership, to to, to begin to rethink about what presence means. Mm-hmm. So I, that's probably a rabbit trail we don't need to go down. But I was just I've been pondering what mm-hmm. what those vows mean as I get ready to teach in a couple of weeks another membership class. What what does presence mean mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Well, and I think that, uh, you know, in the Apostles' Creed, we affirm that there is one uh, holy Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we go round and round about Mm -hmm. (laughs) what that means and why do we use the word Catholic? Well, it's universal. (laughs) That's right. Um, It's, you know, Roman Catholics don't have a corner on Catholicism. That's That's right. what I like to say. But the universality of the Church, there is no time in history that the, the potential for the universality of the Church has been more able to be recognized and participated in than the time in which we are living right now. Um, even at the beginning of the church in the first century where there were way less people and mm-hmm. it was much more contained geographically, the ability that we have right now to uh, communicate and be a part of mm-hmm. the lives of other Christians across the world and even across time mm-hmm. um, is at our fingertips more than any other time in history. And, uh, you know, most of the time our, our inclination is to just kind of not take advantage of that, mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. that as um, a hindrance or a nuisance instead of uh, really reaching mm-hmm. through those tools, much mm-hmm. like, again, you know, the, the Reformation in the 15th and 16th century was a result really of the printing press, a very brand new piece yeah, of technology right, that right. was used to really kind of make this thing happen. And we're sitting uh, at a similar kind of hinge in history. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, when you ask ourselves, where, where are we turning here? Mm-hmm. What right. side are we on? Right, right. And right. Well, how are you going to play a part in that? It's, uh, and it, what does it mean to be the church in this setting? I mean, yeah. we're not going to go backwards. What does it mean to be the church? We have been uh, for three or four weeks now, uh, not literally, but close to pulling our hair out, trying to find enough spaces in this huge complex we have for folks that want to come and be a part of, um, oh, some of them are disciple Bible studies, some of them are other, but they're all, in essence, really small groups that begin to grow and develop. Mm -hmm. And we have pushed that as a part of the way to keep... 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for a, a church the size of Calvary to keep small. Uh, and it's, I just find it fascinating to sit mm-hmm. there and ponder that uh, we have so many people who are willing to, to make another step That's to right. be here on another night during the week, yeah. beyond even whatever responsibilities of leadership they might have, but That's to be right. engaged in something. And so yeah. it's just I, – I just find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. I just I – just, uh, uh, Oh, some days it gives me a headache, just to be honest about it. But <laughs> other days, I just find it fascinating how things are beginning to unfold. And in some ways, there is a lot of community going on. There is, yeah. It that's just right. may not be happening all the time on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, our time uh, for today is, is up, and we do thank you for uh, listening and uh, uh, just being a part of this with us. If you'd love to uh, keep the discussion going by asking questions or uh, giving some feedback, you can do that uh, either via Facebook or uh, email, um, all those all those internet ways of saying hello. Um, we will, will definitely be there. And uh, we'll be taking a little bit of a break here over the next few weeks um, and then be back sometime in mid-August, mm-hmm. I believe. So until then, grace and peace. Mm-hmm.